Following God is not for the faint of heart. It's not a joke. It's not a funny little fluffy little crutch that you use to get through life. Dear Lord, it is not that. Okay? It is not that. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we have to understand his word. And that is not easy these days. But here's the thing. If you if you ask God to open up your heart to what these words are saying, then he will, through the Holy Spirit, reveal all truth to you. Just reading the words in the Bible. I know someone who read the Bible through at least six times, all the way through from beginning to end. Okay. Uh, once a year, because that was the protocol at his church. Um, so he did that and, uh, he never, he, he, he did not believe there was a hell. He, <laughs> nothing. It, it didn't, he didn't get it. He didn't understand. He didn't hear what God was saying through his word. I don't know if he ever asked to hear or not. Um, I would assume not because God answers prayer and he, and he, um, looks for the open heart. So, but anyway, so a lot of people do that. And I have been accused at times of being hard on church people, right? And I do use that term and I talk about church people, but here's the thing. I've been one of them. So I can put myself there, but I'm telling you, if you think I'm hard on church people, let us look at the scriptures. Okay. <laughs> Jesus uh, approach to religious people would be unacceptable in today's world. He, he is downright brutal. Okay. To the pastors, priests, or whatever you wanted to call them, the religious leaders of the time. He literally refers to these people who are keeping the Torah all the time. They're keeping all the laws. <laughs> They're keeping all the laws. And he says to them, your father, the devil. Okay? I have never gone up to a church person and been like, look, I've seen a hypocritical thing in you and the fact that, you know, you're gossiping and, and complaining. You're, you're, you're going into coffee shops acting entitled. You're, you know, I, I've never been like, you know, you're, you're doing all of that, but then you're putting yourself on some kind of, you know, <laughs> moral piety because you don't smoke a cigarette. So you're... Father is the devil. Okay, I've never said that. I, because you know what? I'm not God. Jesus could get away with that. I'm, and I'm not about to, uh, you know, do anything outside of what he asked me to do. However, um, this podcast is uh, a little bit long time coming because trying to give this message is, it's been hard uh, to even think about um, the repercussions that I could get for saying such a message. Um but he has begun to reveal some things about um, the way the church is run right now. And we separate ourselves from the Pharisees so easily. But we're going to look at whether or not we should actually be doing that or if we should be listening to the warning 
that Jesus gave. And it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the faint of heart. It's for the humble of heart. And if you heed, then then your weariness and your heavy burdens can turn into a place of rest in him. You know, people that do stupid things. Back in the day, it was the prostitutes and the tax collectors, and, you know, they were considered really wicked. And now it's, you know, the drug dealers and the, you know, they're considered really wicked. But here's what's interesting about those people. You don't have to do much (laughs) to convince them that they probably need saving. Saving from themselves, saving from their habits, their addictions, you know, whatever. They they probably pretty readily agree because they're frustrated with themselves for their problem. Um, but <laughs> for someone who's grown up in church their whole life and they've kept the rules and they've done the devotions and they've read the book, but none of it's deep inside, can you convince them? Can you convince them? That they need saving. Okay? (laughs) Jesus was attempting it. These religious people had kept all the rules. They had done all this stuff. Okay. So enough of my opinion about it. Let's, Let's just go to the word. Here we go. Okay. In Matthew 21, verse 32, he says... This is Jesus talking. He says, for John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live. He is talking to religious people, okay? The religious leaders of the time. But you did not believe him. So why is Jesus indicating that they didn't know the right way to live? These were Torah followers, okay? Oh my goodness, okay. But you didn't believe him while the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you know, other people believing him, you refuse to believe and repent of your sins. Oh, how in the world is Jesus accusing a morally, a, a moral piety of sins that they might need to repent? See, they didn't realize they needed to repent of any sins. They didn't understand what they didn't understand that they needed saving. So this is a dangerous, dangerous place for people who have grown up in the church, guys. Understand that the reason I broached this subject is because it matters so much that you hear the warning, the actual thing that is there because if you get yourself in the way, if you know, it's so hard when you grow up in church to, or, or sometimes when you don't, but you're just in this like, you know, we do everything a very specific way all the time because that's what's correct. You know, tradition or anything like that. It's like we think that because we are, are, are one of the people that follow uh, what the pastor says or or what the church's expectations are, what society's expectations are, or whatever, that's like, oh, we're, we're good people in general, and, and, and I'm sure God thinks that's great, or I'll end up in heaven, or whatever. 
we better be really glad it doesn't actually depend on us because the heart is more wicked than we can ever know or see within ourselves. So we are dependent on his grace every single day. So no matter how much under control you think that you've got the laws, the expectations, you know, the silent understandings in the church of what's okay and what's not okay. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go here, okay? Being an obese person going and 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 sitting somewhere indulging in all kinds of toxic foods that are hurting your body while you glare and you point fingers and you judge and you gossip about someone who's smoking a cigarette. Don't you dare. Don't you dare be that hypocritical person. Every one of us needs to find a way to love. Okay? Lord, help us love each other with all of our flaws. Whether it's because we eat too many burgers and too many Snickers or because we can't stop lighting up a cigarette or it's because, you know, we've had a problem with with gossip our whole lives or hatred for a parent or whatever it might be. We need each other. We need each other's love and grace that comes through and only possible with the Holy Spirit's power. Okay? All right. So, Jesus accuses the, um, you know, religious leaders of the time saying, you know, uh, you didn't believe John. You know, you didn't repent of your sins. Okay, so I got interested in repent. What does repent mean? I looked it up. A lot of people say, you know, it, it means to turn, you know, like 180 or whatever. Well, um, through uh, the website gracethroughfaith.com, uh, I got the Hebrew definition of the word repent. And there's actually, there's two different um, words in the Hebrew language that was used in the Bible for that Um the one, the one that was actually used most often uh, was nakam, if I want to say that right, which equals kind of like regret, okay? So you realize that, you know, something is right and, you, and you, you would like to make it right. You wish you could make it right. And then there's the other one. I think it's shab is how it's pronounced. And that is to turn or return to original state. So to me, these two things go... Um, together well because usually at the point of regret is when we hope that we can turn or return to an original state prior to a mess that we made of some kind right so so I love that so John's preaching was return you know repent 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 and everybody thinks that that means you know God, please forgive me of my sins over and over or whatever. But it's actually, again, it's just, I love the Hebrew language because it's more interactive than we could ever think, you know, than, than, than just these words like repent. Okay. What in the world does that mean? Outside of the church world, like that word really isn't used. So if you go to a bunch of non-Christians, you're like, repent. And like, what, what is that? What is that? I mean, some might know, but definitely some might not. So, so Let's look at this. If you feel regret, if you if you feel like things aren't exactly, is there rest in your soul? Okay, well, let's turn or return to 
this state where what God created is good. Okay, so these religious leaders didn't want to repent because they they had an idea in their mind that they had figured it out themselves. And, you know, some whack job, job comes along and they start, you know, talking about repenting. They felt that that was unnecessary for them and so they rejected John. That's what Jesus is talking about. So, in Matthew 21, 43... Jesus says to them, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Okay, if anybody thought for a second that Jesus was talking to you like that, would that not be a little bit like if you have any fear of God at all? Oh my. <laughs> at this point, it's time to rethink my elitist mindset, okay? My morally pietistic illusion. Um, a little scary. To me, that would be scary, okay? I w- Dear Jesus, what do I have to do? Okay? That it's... So this is... He, he goes on to say, anyone who stumbles on this stone will be broken into pieces and anyone... Uh, and it will crush anyone it falls on. So he is the stone that they rejected because earlier in that um, chapter, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about being the, the corner, you know, he, they, he's the stone they rejected. So he becomes the cornerstone. And what he's saying is at the point that you stumble upon me, you have to be broken. You have to realize that you need me. So you're broken into pieces so that I can put it back together. So that I can bring rest to you. Okay, now if somebody wants to challenge what I'm what I'm getting out of this, you know, great. Um, I don't claim to have all truth. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But this is what I believe he's showing me in this scripture. And that is when you stumble on him, you have to, you will become broken or... <laughs> If you do not stumble upon him and the cru- and the rock comes down on you like he will in judgment day, if you have not encountered him prior to that and become broken before him, then on judgment day, one of the translations actually say says you'll you'll be disintegrated. This one says that you'll be crushed by him, by the cru- by the cornerstone. Okay, God is not somebody to mess around with, people. It, following him is not for the faint of heart. Noah could not be faint of heart having one prophetic word from God about building a boat for something no, nobody had ever heard of. Joseph could not be faint of heart after he was given a dream and then sold into slavery. Okay? John the Baptist could not be faint of heart from at the time he was a kid he probably got ridiculed for being odd or strange people what do you want more the approval of people if you have claimed to follow god then you have to realize right now please realize with me that this is more than making sure that you do whatever your pastor says in the church Following him is not for everyone. Jesus says that himself. Because some people cannot get past 
their self-righteous idea of themselves. Okay, Matthew eleven twenty five. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? This is from God. You claim to be a Christian, and we should be able to handle this information. If you don't, if you've never heard this kind of thing before, I'm telling you what, get a Bible. They're everywhere. Ask someone for one. We need, <laughs> we need to get this. Okay. Matthew eleven twenty five. At this time, or at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Now, this could seem like the most harshest scripture. Like, why would anybody want to serve God like that? Okay, here's the thing. You don't have to serve him. That's fine. You do not have to serve him. But if you ask him to reveal what this means and why he would say that, he is actually thanking God for hiding those things, these things from the self-righteous, the people that think they can do it on their own because the, the childlike, the people who have been broken, okay, the people who realize they, they would be crushed if he doesn't help is the one he wants to give the wisdom to. So he actually says that it's pleased his father to do it this way because people like John the Baptist who were weirdos or, or you know, Moses who had a speech impediment, you know, I've heard, I'm not sure where people get that. But anyway, I, I think it's there somewhere. Um, you know, Paul, I mean, he was a merciless, you know, in a way kind of criminal. I mean, he's running around murdering people in the name of God. Big messes. People who are big messes. Um, David. I mean, I think he broke like every single Ten Commandments, like of one of the Ten Commandments. Right? People that are a big mess are, are who God is giving wisdom to and entrusting his kingdom to. Okay? He's saying, my father, in verse 27, my father's entrusted everything to me. And, and that, you know, nobody truly knows the son except the father. And nobody truly knows the father except the son and those whom the son chooses to reveal him. Guess what? So if I were reading this and like, I don't, like I didn't know God or whatever, it seems to me like I would be like, oh my God, can I be one of those ones, please? I mean, I have a little fear of God in me. You know what I mean? Can I be one of those ones that you reveal yourself to? I have a, you know, it's this conscience like this. Please, Lord, can I be one of them? I don't know why you don't want to reveal yourself to to all of them or whatever. Um, except, you know, who wants to open themselves up, by the way, to someone who is completely cocky and acts like they have no need of you in their life? Okay, can we not relate to that side of God? Just saying. Okay. <laughs> so if, if, if we come to him and say, God, can I be one of them? Right after that, right after verse 27, when he's like, nobody knows except who, who, who the son chooses to reveal. Um, then he says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So he's, he's, He's actually asking, he's calling them the people who are weary and broken and know that they need him. 
come to me. So he's not saying, I don't want you. He's saying, if you realize you need me, if you, if you want rest for your souls, come to me. Oh my goodness. I love the Bible, you guys. Uh, I hope you can, can go back and look at these scriptures for yourself. Um, if you want to see a complete, you know, entourage of what Jesus has to say to religious people and try to, and to make sure that you are not in that category, read Matthew chapter 23 and ask God to show you. And I mean, really open your heart. If he shows you something, ask him to show you. If you come under the category of people that he is talking about in Matthew 23. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Work on that one. Okay, people, uh, everything in Matthew 24 is so popular and so famous. And and I found Matthew 23 absolutely flooring. Uh, I had never heard it um, taught in churches anywhere. Um, but you can see why. If you go read it, you'll see why. All right? So... Uh, Maybe I'll dig into it a little more uh, next time, but reading it for yourself is where you're going to get the best information and the most intel from the Holy Spirit. So following God is not for the faint of heart. People with very tough skin have been able to have an, an incredible calling and make a huge positive difference in the world. It is not for the faint of heart, but it is for those who want to find rest for their souls. Rest for their souls. So you decide. You dig in. He's waiting for you to come to him. Till next time, guys.